Among the interesting facts I like to tell about myself and get to know you games is the fact that I grew up in a Mennonite church, Reba Place Fellowship, where everyone lived within a five block radius of one another. Reba not only has the novelty of owning apartment buildings in the area, but also owns homes where both single people and families all live in community together. For some of you in older generations, this may not seem novel, but as a 25-year-old millennial, my, parents, my peers are often fascinated by the concept of living in the same neighborhood as everyone in your church. I guess I could not rid myself of my fascination with it either, because 20 years later, I find myself in an apartment building owned by the church and living two blocks from my parents. Though I have waded in and out of my faith over the past five years, Reba has been a constant in my life. There were months at a time where I didn't go to church and yet I still actively felt like part of the community. Reba's location in a little corner of South Evanston is a map to memories, people, and traditions in my life. The house across from me in the alley known as the clearing is an intentional community home, and I remember eating there every Wednesday when my grandma lived there. My parents' home shares a backyard with Iden Park where myself and many other Reba people in their building would have a potluck together every Monday. The hop and the skip to my best friend's home growing up was literally a hop and a skip. We lived in the same apartment building. The reality of how attached I became to the physical location of Reba became evident this last year in May when Eli and I decided to move. Given COVID's onset just two months prior to May, there were complications with our hopes for moving from the beginning. Originally, we had planned to live in a Reba apartment, but the apartment we planned to take was no longer available for COVID-related reasons. By early April, we had adjusted to the idea that we would live in the seminary's apartments about two miles north of Reba land, a term people from Reba sincerely use. As time creeped up, I became more and more anxious. The isolation of COVID-19 was having its wear on me. And I started to imagine what it would mean to not live in the Reba area. Little things started coming to mind. My porch looked into the backyard of an intentional community home at Reba, and I would miss yelling down at people and talking about our days. The fact that I could reliably run into people I knew every time I left the house started to feel charming more than it felt like an invasion of my privacy. Knowing that my parents were literally two blocks away if I needed them started to hold more weight. About two weeks before the move, Eli and I made the last minute decision to see if we could find another available Reba apartment. We called the landlord from Reba Properties and gave our time frame. Time frame. He shockingly delivered. There was a two bedroom available and he was just waiting to hear back from one family looking at the place. But if they didn't get back to him in 24 hours, the place could be ours. I probably heard what I wanted to hear, 
that the place would be ours. There was just one technical matter to get past. Two days later, we checked in and to my heartbreak, the apartment had been taken. We don't have enough time for me to give you the full picture of how distraught I was that day, but I'll say this, many tears were shed. Perhaps the reason I like to tell my experience of Reba readily is because an outward look at the community can seem like the perfect example of love. Look at us, we do potlucks and go into each other's homes without knocking, pre-COVID. I like it when people take a quick look and say, yeah, those Reba people know how to practice love really well. Of course, the look I have given at Reba is my best experience of it. Reba is not immune to challenging experiences of loving others. In the scripture we read for today, I'm struck by Jesus's words, for if you love those who love, love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? At first, I see how Jesus is speaking to the ways tight-knit communities often don't extend love outside the boundaries of their communities. Yet, I also wonder about the ways that love is not practiced within communities. If I look at myself, I realize I want a reward for being an active part of Reba. The reality is the parts I love about the community, food and friends within an arm's reach to name a couple, are the easy things to love. Jesus's radical challenge is, can you love your enemies? No doubt taking the leap to engage with one's so-called enemy is a difficult step. I do not want to talk to the person who won't let me get in a word edgewise, or the person who liberally comments on all my Facebook statuses. Yet I am compelled by Jesus's direct call to love beyond what I like, because I get the sense that Jesus is saying that the experience of love that exists outside my perfect example is fuller. Don't we all want to experience the fullness of love? The last verse in the passage, be perfect therefore as your heavenly parent is perfect, strikes me as a strange follow-up to being told to love my enemies. I have heard too many Brene Brown quotes to think that the path to success in love is perfection. So I did a little investigation on this verse. I discovered that the translation of the word perfect in this text doesn't hold the same meaning as people know it today. AKA perfection means being flawless. Instead, the Greek term for perfect is teleosis, which is more closely connotated with the words completion or wholeness. It seems that God's call on us to love beyond what is not easy to love, i.e. our enemies, welcomes us into a more complete and whole love. By loving my enemies within my little corner of South Evanston, 
God is welcoming me into a more complete and whole love. Reflection brings up in me experiences of whole love I've experienced at Reba at different points. I know that you can't exist in a community where everyone lives together without coming up against an enemy or gasp too. I recall one time where I ran into one of the older women in the community before church and the conversation started and ended with her making an inappropriate comment about my body. I knew she meant well, but as I sat through the opening songs in the service, I realized I couldn't let that moment go without saying something to her. As I sat through the songs, I prepared my little speech to be shared during Reba's five minute passing of the piece. I'm serious, five minutes. The passing of the piece began and I immediately spotted her pink knit sweater in the crowd. The formalities were exchanged and then I said something to the likes of, I didn't appreciate your comment for this reason, please don't do it again. I was surprised when she said, oh, Bethany, I'm so sorry your mother would be disappointed in me. This story stands out to me because there was something fulfilling about reaching towards someone who I frankly don't like that much. Perhaps love can look a whole lot of ways. I don't think I have to be best friends with the woman who said this comment to love her. And surprise, I'm not. But I was proud of myself for believing that this woman could hear my perspective. Is it possible that love could be willingness to reach beyond the boundaries I create for myself, even within my tiny neighborhood in South Evanston? What would be the result if people were more willing to cross lines and engage with those we would rather not have belong among us in our locations right here, right now? My experience of love at Reba has taught me that love is more about committing to learning and growing from one another as opposed to liking everyone I am surrounded by. I am not talking about those we know as hateful and dangerous. This week's events make the topic of loving our enemies difficult to navigate, to say the very least. And I believe it is essential not to put marginalized groups in the position of being responsible for the growth of their oppressors. Yet amidst that challenge, I want to begin the work of loving my enemies simply in the immediate context of my local community. I think there is a potential for a more whole love for each of us, however it looks. Whether an enemy is someone who sings off key every worship service or someone who definitely knows way more than I do. I believe learning to love better exists for me right here at Reba. In my time here, I have come up against people I do not like, and though I may not like to admit it, I am surely not beloved by everyone. In many ways, my experience at Reba has equipped me for going farther out into the world and finding places where whole love is being practiced 
where I choose to exist beyond the picture-perfect love that is easy. For now, I remain at Reba. In an emotional turn of events, Eli and I did end up with the apartment I was so distressed that we lost. The family dropped their application 12 hours after we were told the apartment was taken. We signed the lease a week before move-in day. I live within a block of the woman who made that comment to me at church. And though we are not best friends, we wave and say, how are you? I love this place. More importantly, I'm committed to loving it.